welcome back, business besties. We are so excited for our guest speaker today, and I'm going to let her give a little introduction as to who she is, what she does, um, and then we'll jump into a few of our segments and get to know her a little bit better. So, gorgeous, gorgeous. Hey. Um, my beautiful Hi. from the UK. <laughs> Um, this is such a treat and Hello, I'm really excited to jump into the <laughs> conversation. But yeah, like Mackenzie said, tell us about yourself. We don't know anything about the UK. We don't know anything about you. Let's just dive right in. Okay. Okay. So hi, I'm Meg. Um, I mean, I've not known Lex long, but like needless to say, she is an angel. Um, but I met her through my now boyfriend. Um, and so, yeah, it's been probably one of the best things through him, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, but yeah, so I live in the UK. Um, I have a business here that I, okay, there's going to be more to this where we're going to have to get into this a little bit deeper. Yes. However, however, from, you know, a distance, I have had a business for about five years now. Um, and I've been trading here in the UK um and so yeah what an honor to be on you guys's podcast well I love this this is so fun I'm so excited that you're here but you said you've been running a business for five <laughs> years what is that business what do you do yeah. um how did you start it okay so um my business is teeny turbans and here's where it gets a little bit complicated because we are in the middle of a huge rebrand. Um, but Teeny Turbans essentially started when I, so I have two children, uh, when my youngest girl, oh gosh, she must have been maybe two months old. I kid you not. Um, and we were going on holiday and I really needed to somehow protect this girl's head whilst we were swimming whilst we were in the sun blah 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 and I could not find a cute hat for her for the life of me the amount of people that we used to tell me she was a boy used to make me cry because <laughs> I would be like gosh she's a girl um and so I ended up taking a freaking t-shirt from my wardrobe I chopped this thing up and I made this cute little baby hat um and so, yeah they, I made these turbans so to speak um, and they are essentially kind of like baby hats with these bows on the front. We do loads of different designs. Um, and essentially kind of from that, at the time, I actually had a cake business. So I was doing wedding cakes, birthday cakes, that kind of thing. And the amount, if I had a dollar, shall I say, for every single person that asked me where this hat was from, I honestly could have been a millionaire there and then on the spot. And so I was like, Honestly, I was like, okay, so I've already done the cake business. Like, what's the harm in me just trying this out, seeing where it goes? And and so I did. Uh, I started making these hats. And honestly, it just went crazy. And I was not expecting it. Um, and we kind of ended up taking it in a bunch of different directions and doing different things with it. And so, yeah, that's how, I guess, Teeny Turbans kind of was born. I, I love, love that. that. I'm so excited to hear like <laughs> the rest of your story. I'm like so excited to hear. And if not, it's totally okay. But do you have like an example of what one looks like? Oh my gosh. I think I might even have the first ever one. 
Oh, I would love here. to see that. Um, what did I do with it? If, if not, not I mean, I have really a, cool. I have a poster board right here that we can just <laughs> here. Okay, so these these oh, are what I make. Okay, and then I mean, stop. Can you? Oh my gosh, can you cope? That is adorable. That is so cute. And so, yeah, I mean, the one behind me who ended up actually making beanies as well because I had a little boy and, like, he felt so left out. The amount of times he would wear them and I'd be like, dude, this is, you're looking like a little girl. And it's fine. Like, I'm all chill with that. But pink ones on him with his, you know, combat trousers were not the mood. And so this is my little girl. This was when they were in Vogue. Like, can you cope? Oh, so cute. My babies. So yeah, that is what we what I do. Which you know, when people ask what do you do, I'm like, I sell baby hats. They're like, uh, okay. Oh my gosh, you but don't yeah. just sell baby hats. That's amazing. But I want to ask you this. Um, you talked about hey, I sure. had this. Um, I needed something and I made it. When you started your business, yeah. um, what was kind of going through your mind in terms of like any like the inner dialogue? Were you like really afraid to jump in, especially with like costs associated? Like, did any of that matter to you, or were you just like, hey, I have nothing to lose? Yeah, I honestly, I was just like, do you know what? At this point, so I'd worked in retail my whole life, and I'd done managerial roles. I'd been store managers of so many places. And essentially, that was kind of, to cut a long story short, in the UK, you have to stay in school until you are, I think it's 16. Um, and so, no, it's not now. They've changed. I think it's 18 now. But um, at the time, it was only 16. And I was raised Mormon. And so my parents actually moved um, midway through my schooling. I guess what you guys would maybe call like, college maybe like that you know 17 18 age um they moved midway through that and I at the time was living in Wales which is you know a part of the UK but they actually speak a different language um and my dad decided to move and go and do his master's in business administration was it business anyway he did an MBA I have no idea which what it actually stands for but he went and did that so that completely scuppered yeah what is that not what you're doing Lex yeah Okay. Well, my dad went and did what Lex is doing now, like at triple her age. So go Lex. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it scuppered my schooling. And so I didn't have anything to kind of like fall back on unless I wanted to reset two years of school. And there was no way I was doing that. And so I went into retail and I, you know, I worked my way up. I, I guess I fell in love and um, got married pretty young. I was 18 when I got married very typical Mormon um, situation there. But um, when I became pregnant, I was really sick. I was so sick and I was in and out of hospital. And so I kind of lost my career. I lost my job. I lost, I guess, to an extent, my identity because I was like, I don't even know what to do with myself. Like, I'm just here making a baby and that's it. And so, yeah, when I came up with this idea, there was nothing for me to lose. I'd just been sick for like 10 months of my life where I was in hospital the whole time. I barely saw my little boy. And I, I mean, Diana must've been, I think she was about a month old. And so I was still kind of recovering. And in reality, yeah, I had absolutely nothing to lose. I was like, you know, if this doesn't work, what the heck? 
who cares? That you know, on to the next thing. You thing to do. Oh, I have nothing to lose. <laughs> You've always been so strong and independent. And you're just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> go for it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh. You're so undervaluing that about yourself. It's like, holy crap, your willingness to just dive into that is incredible. I think, and this is something maybe that we can get into a bit deeper later, but like my confidence back then in terms of who I was and like me, I was just like, I don't give two hoots what happens, what people think about me. Like I am going to nail this and I'm not going to let it fail. And that was my attitude from the start. And, you know, (laughs) it was maybe a little, you know, because I just had a newborn baby, I felt read about myself I felt really crap about my body and I was still recovering my liver was completely failed like everything about me was just wasted and so I was like do you know what if this is something that can give me a kick up the butt then let's do it because in reality what am I doing here I'm sitting here and I'm being a mom so I have a question because I've never been to the UK so what's it like (laughs) Like, what do you do on a daily basis for your business? Like, is there certain hours that are better to work? Or is there certain things that you do on a daily basis for your business? Okay, so right now, second, because I'm going through a rebound, to cut a long story short, I've gone through a divorce. It wasn't ideal, but in that, I kind of, like, essentially lost my, my business. Um because he had like shares in it that we were kind of like I had to give him a certain amount of shares so that in order for my kids to not have to buy in they would be kind of passed down shares I guess um because there's a few like legal things over here where you know it wouldn't I would not be able to like gift my kids money and be like here put it into my business like that's you know a no-no um so he had shares in the business and a few other things went down um which kind of resulted in me closing the business so um right now we're going through a rebrand in order for me to relaunch with a you know a whole different twist on things so my day-to-day right now is um I mean maybe I should tell you a bit more about what I did before because I had a team I had offices um I had like I only hired moms that was something that I was super like proud of they worked in school hours Um, I just knew how difficult it was for mums to have jobs that worked around children and my kids are always going to be my priority no matter what Um, and I wanted I know that there's so many other people and I wanted to give that opportunity to other people that had the same mindset as me so I employed mums day to day I would drop my kids off at school I would drive to my office see the women there who obviously just dropped their kids off at school as well Um, we actually made everything in-house in the UK. Everything was, I mean, you can see behind me, this is piles and piles of fabric. Um, Everything was handmade. I designed it all myself. I, you know, it was to an extent machine made and then hand sewn. And so the day-to-day of me was obviously like running the business, social media, marketing. Um, We used to do a lot of shows and like go and attend different um, fairs and things like that. Um, and again, liaising like with wholesalers and different baby companies and reaching out to kind of like those kind of things. So it was the what I did was so widespread. For sure. Have, Sorry, let's go. I have a question for you. Go. So 
is your business or, you know, before the rebrand, was it a storefront? Yeah. Commerce space, like you talked about going to trade shows, like were you business to consumer or business to business? Both. So I did, yeah, so I did e commerce, so everything was done online. I essentially marketed uh, mainly through social media. Um, You know, in the last five years, social media was just, you know, kind of the only thing that was kicking around here anyway we're a very small island (laughs) um and so in terms of like advertising and marketing and things like that social media was just the easiest and the cheapest way to get yourself out there quick um and so I was doing it through influencers and you know that kind of like very stereotypical um way of building it but also we worked with I would go business to business so we would wholesale out to other companies um here's where it gets messy because I was very close um to signing some pretty big deals at the time I'm not gonna mention who they were right now because hopefully we can re get that going again but um right before the business closed obviously that obviously had to come to an end and stop as well um which sucked because it was a lot of work but yeah we worked with uh loads of different other brands um we had collaborations with people we you know different clothing brands like kids clothing ranges and we'd create you know a turban that would match their I don't know say their outfit that they had to launch so it kind of went full scale really thank you Sorry, I just had to, I have to make sure that the connection's good. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> I didn't know if I'd frozen. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, I just have to, I have to pause a little bit just to make sure. Um, okay, so fast forward, we're to now. You've been talking about mm-hmm. a rebrand. Um, you talked about going through a divorce and everything like that. But I'm kind of, right now, for the sake of maybe the audience that are listening, why are you doing a rebrand? Um, is that associated to your divorce? Like why, like, why is there this, um, lingering step right now? Okay. So, um, I needed a new me with my divorce. I decided to take a year out. Um, I sold my house. I, so essentially over the last year we sold our house um I needed a year to look after my kids to prioritize them to kind of like get into this new routine of living independently which I hadn't bearing in mind like this marriage was 10 years um of living together and being married there was 10 years there there was two children I you know I dated this person since I was 16 and so I needed I just needed time And I felt like if I'd have hopped straight back into the business and got that back up and running again, I wouldn't have healed. There was a lot of things in the business that were related to, you know, that past life that I had. And also with my ex, there was things that we did together, you know, our first trade shows and things we did together. And so I just felt like I needed a minute. Um, I sound like an absolute bum right now, but I didn't work for a year. Um, I lived off the money that I sold, you know, that I got from my house. Um, and I took time out for me. 
And since I've had that time out, I honestly thought I would never go back to it because I was like, there's too much attached to this emotionally that I don't think I can, you know, I, I'll be able to just sit back into. Um, but me as a person, not to blow my own trumpet, but like I've completely changed like who I am as a person. I'm way more independent. I feel like I have a completely new head on my shoulders. And so the old me and the old business, fine, they were great together, but the new me and the old business just is not compatible anymore. And so I needed a rebrand. I needed a shakeup. I needed a new logo. I felt like more fresh. I wanted, I just wanted like a huge wipeout, a clean out and let's go again, you know? And so for me, that is why I needed the rebrand because I was like, do you know what? This is a new me. I, again, not to blow my trumpet, but I was very successful in what I did. And the business did really, really well. Um, I didn't want to lose that. You know, I created that. I came up with the idea that whole thing is still me and was still me. But there were parts of the business, obviously, that kind of like branched out that, you know, I've changed. My situation's changed. I needed to be a mum. I prioritized that. And my children. And now I'm like, do you know what? I got this. I can do this. And so, yeah, so we're going to be relaunching as instead of the teeny turb, not the teeny turbans, sorry, instead of teeny turbans limited, we are going to be the teeny collection. And so with that, that just gives me a whole new scope and way more, you know, that I, <laughs> thanks. I'll take a bow. Um, Just way more that I can, you know, it's so much vaster. I guess. Is Vasta a word? I don't think it is. I think I might have made it up. Um, (laughs) um, But it just gives me way more scope. I have so many more ideas, so many more things that I want to do. I just feel like I have a whole new lease of life. And Lex will know because I've literally been to Lex recently and been like, I can't do this. Like, what am I doing? I'm so stupid for thinking that I've got this again. Um, But yeah, like suddenly I just have this like huge urge of, excitement and just I'm so ready just to take it head on and in the new direction that I thought I'm going in and so I want to take my business in that direction too I guess I so I've got a question sorry I've got a question because I'm so interested and I don't know if you can share and if not that's totally fine but what is your new direction and are there going to be new things that you're going to be you know, displaying now? Are you still going with like the teeny turbans? Yeah. So basically when I did teeny turbans, I mostly stuck to the turbans and I did beanies for boys. So we did like boys hats. Right. Yeah. And when we when we did that, we went into uh quite a few different directions within those realms, I guess, or within the turbans and within the beanies. Um, We worked a lot with cancer patients, people that had alopecia, children that had cancer, children that had alopecia, and we would do charitable work and work with hospitals and things like that that would provide, you know, I guess, I mean, we have, I don't want to get emotional, but we had so many customers who we lost and who we were able to be kind of like a part of their journey. Um you know, as a woman to make them feel more feminine again when their hair's completely gone, 
you know, to stick on a turban and be like, you know, I'm still a woman when I got this, you know, I can still feel like a lady, um, you know, without having to feel the pressure of wearing a wig and feeling itchy. And so that was kind of like, I felt kind of limited to an mm-hmm. extent because it was very much like teeny turbans, the name people would like walk past our stands at trade shows and be like, nah, turbans, girls, like there's not really much we can do with that and would walk on by. And I'd be like, no, 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 like we do boy stuff too. We do, you know, headwear for all, you know, sexes, all ages. Um, And I did feel really limited, I guess, because I had all these other ideas. We tried to branch into clothing slightly and a few other things. Um, but with the new brand, the Teeny Collective is kind of like, I guess, um, the mother, shall we say, with her arms out um, to loads of little branches that I want to do. So we'll still have a stream of Teeny Turbans and then we'll have the Teeny Beanies and then we're going to do Teeny Trends, which will be our clothing range for kids. Um, teeny Trimesters is what we're going to do for like pregnant moms and maternity and that kind of thing um tea travels because we want to do um we were very close to launching a swimwear range and doing like the hats with like the matching swimwear in the UK it's kind of funny because America has it sorted like they have it sussed you can walk into Target girls and like you can have matching swimwear for your grandma your dad and your dog (laughs) we don't have that here (laughs) like that does not exist like even to get matching christmas pajamas it doesn't happen here like we're so boring (laughs) i beg like if anybody wants to go into business with me and go to target and be like target i have a really freaking good idea for you we're going to the uk because you guys are missing out like (laughs) and so I want to be able to kind of like provide that you know we're really missing that in the uk europe kind of area I mean when when I was trading 30% of our custom was at the US um it was 34% we used to ship to the US we shipped to Dubai Dubai was I think 15% if I remember off the top of my head we shipped to Australia um and it was mostly Europe but actually like the UK as a whole that we would ship to was only about 55% and so I'm trying to think out of the box as, um, you know, I guess I'm never going to be Target. <sighs> Watch out, Target. Maybe I will. Who knows? Whatever. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, girls, never say never. Never say never. Teeny Target, <laughs> here we come. I love that. <laughs> Teeny Target. Um, but that's, can you imagine? Just do like a tiny Target dot, just a really small one instead. Um, can you imagine the law? Like the, oh my gosh, they would have us. Um, <laughs> let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Um, but I kind of want to do those kind of things. So with like the swimmer, I want to do like matching mummy and me stuff. We did a lot of matching headwear. So, you know, in the summer, mums would be in their cute bikini and they'd have like a cute little turban on that would match their little baby. And oh my gosh, the pictures used to literally have my ovaries bursting. Um. And so, yeah, I kind of want to go down that route a little bit and, you know, nab maybe some ideas, not directly because I would like to say that all my ideas, you know, are organic, but kind of go down and do a few more things like that. I love mm. I don't know if that yeah, answered your question. Totally I went on the target totally route. Did. I love that. Because <laughs> I, I, for me, like, like, 
I was just interested to see like, you know, are you going a completely different direction? Are you staying um, kind of familiar with what you had and then just adding? Yeah. So I think the root will always stay as teeny turbans. That will always be the core and it will always be the soul. Um, And I will always refer back to that. So even with my, um, like the clothing range that I want to launch, it will always match the turbans if that makes sense. So we may have like applique, but the applique may be in a pattern or a color that you can get the turban in. And so no matter what, the core colors of whatever I'm doing, whether that's beach bags, swimwear, whatever, will always come back to the turbans. The turbans will always be the fundamental and the core. And I guess everything else will just pull from I there. like that. I really like that. So um, oh, go ahead, Ken's, if you have a question. Oh, no, you're good. If you've got a question, you can totally go first. Well, I have all the questions. Um, no, I actually want to get <laughs> on. Um, you talked about taking a one year, basically hiatus from your business and how it was like really necessary. Mm-hmm. However, I do want to point out the fact that you you ended up reaching out to me. I think it was probably like three months ago, in November or December area. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. had talked to me a little bit about your the struggles that you were having with, you know, wanting to dive more into your kids, but also like still having this pressure of like, I know I can do so much more we have so many moms that listen to this that have kids. Can you speak to them on that? And Mm -hmm. like, what that was like, Mm -hmm. because when you reached out to me, I was like, I can't even imagine. Well, I know what it's like running a business, but running a business with kids and probably the stress that you have as a mom, just doing that in general. And like what that looks like, you still have to dedicate all of your time to them. And then on top of that, run this business. Like what, talk about that. What were your hardships? So I used to literally like, and I say this kind of, I'm going to laugh about it because it genuinely could make me cry. I would put my kids to bed at 7.30. I would sit on the stairs. I would wait for them to fall asleep and I would go straight into my office, whether that was my actual office or my office that I had at home. And I would carry on working until three in the morning. I tried so hard to separate my family life with my business life because it was so consuming. The drive that I wanted to have to be a mum has always been something that I've wanted to, you know, people would be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd be like, I just want to be a mum. Like, you know, I want to have a brood and raise them all on a farm. And, you know, that was very stereotypical of me. But then as I got older, I was like, dude, like this cannot be my purpose. Like, I don't want to just be a baby maker, which <laughs> sorry if that is your goal. That's absolutely fine. That's perfect. Like that was me. But I was like, I want to be, I want a career. And so juggling that is impossible. Oh my gosh, the mum guilt that I would feel. I just always felt like something had to give. Either my kids weren't getting enough attention or they were getting McDonald's for dinner instead of a homemade meal because I needed to take a call or because I needed to reply to emails. Like trying to find that balance was exhausting. And I definitely think towards the end of it, because of my divorce and because of everything that was going on with that, I just funneled myself into my business and I don't want to admit this because it will make me sad, but I did, 
I kind of ran away from being a mother because I was like, do you know what? If this divorce, like if this marriage ends the way that I think it's going to end, what am I going to have for myself? Because I won't have his income. I won't have a home. And so for me, I had to like, I was like, crap, like I need to be able to stand on my own two feet. And so yeah, admittedly, I did like, I lacked a little bit being a mum. And I will never, you know, not live that down for me emotionally because I felt so guilty. Like the guilt is ridiculous. And so when I took that year out, I just needed to refocus on my kids and be like, look, guys, I messed up. Like this marriage didn't work. I'm sorry that I wasn't able to give you what I thought. I was going to be able to give you, you know, my life was perfect. He had the great job. We had a beautiful house. We had great cars. Like we had it all from the outset. We had two stone gorgeous little kids that were just perfect. I had the business. She was the, you know, cool working mom who had it all. And he, you know, they juggled the kids and it was perfect. But it like it wasn't behind closed doors. It just was not. And so I felt like I needed that year to just remind myself like kids like I love you so much and nothing will ever come before you no man no business no you know and so I can't even remember what you're asking because I'm completely just like losing my mind <laughs> no because... this is, that was literally so important to the conversation because mom guilt like you had mentioned um and running a business it's like as females you talked about oh, I don't just want to be a baby maker. And some people have that purpose and that is their purpose. That's all encompassing and that's wonderful. But yeah, and that's also, incredible. Yeah, there's that other side of it. And you're like, I want to do more, but I also understand that I have my kids. And I, I remember this conversation mm -hmm. and then I was just trying to think about it in such like a compassionate, like empathetic way. And I'm like, but you are so strong. Like you already went through all these hardships and I'm going to cry because you're making me cry. <laughs> uh, um, that's so important to know, like the pressures that women can have when it comes to kids, because for me, I didn't think I could ever have kids because I'm like, I'm too career driven. And I could never tap into that yeah. until recently. So I think your perspective on that was just absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. Seriously, like I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Sorry for crying, everybody. But do you know what? Mums have the hardest job. You're trying to raise humans. But also at the same time, you want a career. You want to be this absolute badass boss bitch and you want to have it all and sometimes some things just have to give and trying to learn that balance is so difficult and we're never going to get it right honestly and that could even apply to you guys just trying to find balance with your husbands like that in itself is impossible you know and so I think yeah it's just trying to find that balance is impossible there's going to be guilt whatever you do I think no I love your perspective on it because obviously like Lex and I don't have children and so we mm -hmm. don't see it from your side of view on a business versus I mean obviously our lives are more personal with the husbands and you and yeah. you have kids and so it's just so crazy to see that like you can do both 
And you can be very successful while doing both. And it's just trying to create that balance of life and kids and business and just trying to have it all. And I'm totally admiring of you because I think that what you're doing is fantastic. And I'm so excited to see where you're going to go with it. I'm like so excited. (laughs) Thank you. So I have, we have literally two minutes left. So I have a question for you. (gasps) I literally hate that Zoom caps us out. But um, so you had talked about like expansion. Are you looking to go into Mm -hmm. the US? What does that look like? Are you excited to do that? Like talk about future like expansion. Okay. So girls, I have found, I don't know if I want to say this on record. I have found the actual freaking love of my life. I am obsessed with him. I never knew I was going to be able to like, oh my gosh, here we go again. I never knew that I was going to get over that hurdle of like feeling so hurt and like finding love again and knowing that I could be treated how I knew I needed to be treated. Um, But he is Australian. So he is from Australia. And so maybe I'm sneakily, uh, you know, going to lock this one down so I can use him for my business. I'm joking. Of course not. But he also, um, I met him, he was living in, in Utah. And so he's been there for the last 10 years. And so for me, because we spent so much time, oh my gosh, I have one minute. Because we spent so much time um, shipping things to America. When I met him, I was like, dude we need to set up a distribution site here so that I can distribute, like I will ship my products from wherever we get it made, whatever, to Utah. We have so many family, friends there, like so many great people um, who I would love to freaking work for me. I would love to, you know, assign things out to for them um, and to dispatch from Jing and dispatch because from the UK to the US oh my gosh for a tiny little letter you're looking at like 15 pounds and no tracking no shipping it's ridiculous and so um also with him being from Australia I'm like dude I want to open up over there too and you know have a little dish dish oh my gosh distribution centers all over the place that means I can just like take over the world and I don't know. Target, watch out. I'm telling you. Seriously. Okay, so here's my actual dream. I would freaking love to have little boutiques. And when I say boutique, I mean that in a very British way. Um, The boutiques that I see in America, no offense to America, they just don't do it the way that we British people do it. I want quaint. I want classic. I just want it to be super gorgeous and neutral and just like bougie but like super affordable for moms right and so my dream is to have these cute little boutiques um almost kind of like attached to our distribution centers I don't know how that would work logistically with retail and everything like that but that's the dream so I would have like a cute little storefront that then, you know, back of house is just crazy and everything's getting shipped here, there and everywhere. Um, This is probably where I will pick your brains eventually where I'm like, Hey girls, I need retail space. Like, how does this work here? Um, 
but yeah so that is that's the dream and so from there I would love to be able to have you know the the little boutiques the little shoppy things would not be what you know the business completely fell on that would just be a dream that I would have that I would love to fulfill um that would just you know it's not the be all and end all of the business but it's something that I would just love to do and say that I've done um but obviously that would make us not so you know e-commerce based only online it would mean that we actually had like an in-person presence um so that's the dream whether that happens or not I don't know but we're going to keep manifesting that it will so you talked about um British values essentially like it's not the same um Mm. in the in the U.S. versus British what values do you hold like in your business or just being in the UK in general that really differentiates you from the market? I don't know why we are like this. I don't know why the British people are like this, but we are so freaking proud to be British. Like, and it sounds so silly because I know you guys are proud to be American and so many people are like diehard Americans, but we are such a small island that is, you know, one of the most, you know, incredibly influential countries in the whole world. And for like this tiny little island to be able to be up there with, you know, the likes of America, the likes of, I'm not even going to say Russia because they're not my friends right now um but you know these big countries that you know rely on us and so because of that there seems to be this kind of like I don't know (laughs) this attitude that British people have of just like we're so proud of where we come from and what we are and who we are I guess which you know realistically there's not much to it we are a very small island everybody drinks a lot here everybody just kind of goes their day to day but because of that I know a lot of my customers value like where they're from and so when my products say British made handmade in the UK people are like oh my gosh okay perfect like it's made from like there's another thing that has come out of this small country um which I don't know maybe sounds silly but I don't necessarily know what values we hold um, because England, I mean, the people of England are wild. The UK is, you know, we have great people. We have crazy people, holy. Um, But for me personally, I I love that, like, I can go to a man, go? Oh, my gosh. I love that I can go to a manufacturer in the UK and be like, okay, this is so cool. Like, I've not had to um you know go to a huge manufacturer in China or in you know wherever which you know that's not to say that we won't ever do that but I always valued being able to you know some of our fabrics and things like that would come out of Sweden and Denmark and places like that very Scandinavian very like you know that kind of neutral vibe um but being able to say that everything was assembled and essentially created in the UK I don't know people love it and maybe they shouldn't love it as much as they do but the Americans froth that stuff they're like oh my gosh England you know the queen I'm like no I don't freaking know the queen like but they just love that like 
we have this weird royal family that we all pay for and you know <laughs> there's just so many little quirks that people I don't know why I don't know why it is I had a friend who she has a boutique in Dubai and she literally just has English things in there like Paddington Bear the red buses the Tower of London the Queen stuff like all of I mean she's dead rest in peace Queenie long live the king um but like people just love it like I don't know what it is well I think and it's I don't know why <laughs> most of the things that we see in the U.S. is Chinese made like and then when what differentiates yeah. yourself is when we say when we see um U.S. made or anything other than Chinese we're like wow, this is probably, like, quality product. Like, seriously, I don't know, Mackenzie, yeah. you feel that same way? Yeah, there's been some times, though, that I'll be 100% honest, I don't look at it, and, like, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes, like, if I just go pick something off the shelf, like, I, I guess sometimes I've been, like, okay, I see where it's from, and then other times I've just grabbed it off the shelf. So here's where, for me, here's where it gets silly because as a mum, you have a baby, right? And I never cared where anything came from. Like I would be like, we have a we have a shop here called Primark, which is, oh heck, I don't even know how to like ex- describe it or relate it back, but it's like, um, super cheap, like fast fashion, like the fastest fashion you could ever get. And it's so cheap. You can go in there, you can get yourself, um, you know, a whole outfit and you can spend 20 pounds and you are ready for a whole night out, shoes, dress, tights, the the whole thing. Like it's so cheap. And so I would live in Primark. Like that is where I would be. And the second I had children, I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to put my kid in something that's going to cause a rash or a reaction or feed it something that is like processed or it's so silly. But all of a sudden you're like, I want this baby to be perfect. And I don't want to be the reason why it is not perfect. And so I would buy organic clothes. I would making sure everything's organic cotton, organic food, because I'm just like, I don't want to put, I want to give this baby like the best chance at living okay guys like I just wanted it to be perfect and so I think as a mother especially when I'm buying maybe not so now as they've like grown up but my kids had eczema real bad like super itchy flared skin we have to constantly treat it and it was just so rubbish for them sorry trashy do you know what rubbish is so can I say rubbish yeah okay cool okay (laughs) I didn't I just I just didn't want to put like crappy stuff against their skin for example and so again with like one of the the usps for my business was i was like everything is organic everything is super safe for your babies none of our products had seams on them um because i didn't want anything that would irritate a baby's head like when babies are born their heads are so soft like the schools are not formed they take a long time to form and so I don't want to slate on anyone who uses these hair bows or anything like that because I did it myself. But you see a lot of babies with the, you know, the thin elastic hair bows around their head. When a baby is lying in a car seat or in a a pushchair, stroller, whatever, that is pushing back on their brain and can actually like leave indentations on their head. 
because their school is still forming. Like to get out of the womb, they are so soft and squishy. And so over time, it takes a few months until that school fully forms. And so anything I put on my little girl's head, because I told said earlier, I wanted her to be a girl. So many people like, oh, he's so cute. And I'm like, she's wearing a pink onesie. Like, how can I make this more obvious to you guys <laughs> that she is a girl? And so I started doing the hair bow things when she was like a few weeks old. And I remember doing heaps of research into it for my product because I was like, she's literally having marks around her head. Like I would take those bows off. She had a red ring and I'm getting paranoid. And I think when you have like this small little creature, you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to be so gentle and delicate. And again, that was something so silly, but that I would worry about. I'd be like, okay, so I don't want seams on my product. I don't want anything that's going to agitate, irritate, like make any pressure and again that was like one of the things where I was like it kind of reigns into it being seam free organic like all of these things just kind of bundled into I guess more my pride as well kind of thing because I wanted to be you know I don't it didn't matter to me if you didn't care at least like I knew for my peace of mind that I had that covered you know yeah but yeah I mean I'll pick up food clothes like I don't know what half of this stuff that I'm I mean is Lululemon organic I have no idea do I care no am I wearing it because it's cute sure but like for my kids I felt like there was a bit more of like I guess like Lex was saying the values that I would hold towards my children were completely different to what I would put myself in I love that I'm the exact same way I mean I I don't have children right now so I'm sure one day I will totally see where you're coming from but yeah, there's been there's been sometimes where I'm like, that's so cute. I want it. Grab it, check out, and I don't even look to see where it's from. Yeah. But um, I do have a question for you. Um, talking about expansion and kind of where you're headed down the road, have you ever looked into dabbling with Amazon as far as like putting it out there or kind of what do you do for shipping and kind of can you give us an idea on that? Yes. Yeah, so I have I have looked into Amazon so many times. We have looked into Amazon, Etsy, all these kind of like, you know, typical go-tos for small businesses, I guess. Um, My biggest problem that I had with Amazon is I felt like people wanted things cheap and they wanted things fast. And we were making things by hand to order. Everything that we made was bespoke. So the way that I would do it was you would have a set turban. Someone would go and they'd be like, okay, I want this pink turban. Say, for example, we called it Dusty Rose. They go, I want a Dusty Rose turban. I want it in this size. And I would then, they would then have like eight bow options. So there was eight different bows that they could then select. And so I never had heaps of stock made up. It was always kind of like custom made to an extent, I guess, because we never knew what customer was going to order. And so in terms of Amazon and things like that, it would have to be a case where I would have to go, okay, well, that means I lose the bespokeness of it and I'm going to have to just blast out, I don't know, I'm going to have to guess this bow is going to sell great, this size is going to sell great. And again, that's where we were kind of getting to with wholesale and like selling them to other companies. But I think I did not want to lose that bespokeness that I, again, like kind of prided myself on being able to to give people um again with wholesale like when we were going to looking into going to other other companies who wanted to buy in 
you know, there was like a few baby companies. We worked with um, a couple of baby brands that would sell us on their website. But how we would do it with them was, again, we would kind of, some of them we've done like a drop ship with where they basically, you know, through their storefront and our storefront, it would basically connect once someone had placed an order and then we'd ship it out. Um, and they would still be able to provide the bespokeness. Um, but yeah, when we were looking at going with, you know, we were in talks with, I'm just going to use one name, for example, like John Lewis, which is a company here, which is, is pretty big. And they sell a whole range of, of everything from fridge freezers to, you know, uh, prams and clothing. They do all sorts. But with them, they're like, okay, well, we like this bow and we want this bow. So we're going to do every size in this bow and we want this color. And so with that, perfect. Like we could do that because they had requested that. But I was so worried just because of being, I guess, to an extent, like I would still class myself as a small business. Um, I was worried about making stock up that I knew I couldn't guarantee was going to sell. And sure. I didn't want it to get wasted. And then I didn't want to put things through sales, which you know, it sounds maybe a little bit selfish. We did sales constantly, but then I didn't want to have to be like, okay, well, I've got heaps. Anything that we never sold, I did actually donate to hospitals. So I would donate them to baby units or cancer patient units um, that I was like, do you know what? This isn't even worth putting it in a sale. I would rather donate. Um, and so we did like kind of a lot like that, but I just, Amazon as well is kind of difficult because of a lot of their rules. And like, if someone didn't like it, they would be instantly refunded. Like it wouldn't allow me that personable approach with customers that I'd always had. I couldn't reach out to the customer and be like, okay, like what was wrong with it? Can I help? Can I exchange it? You know, when people would come directly to me and say, you know, it was, I don't know, this kind of, I didn't like this fit. I didn't like this bar. I'd be like, absolutely fine. You send it back to us. We'll send you a new one. We can send you a different size. We can make it work for you. And I felt like if we went down the Amazon route as well as, yeah, I would lose quite a bit of profits because the cut that they take is a lot. And it meant that I would have to put my prices up, which I didn't want to do because then I became less affordable for mums, you know, who on maternity leave don't have heaps and heaps of money. Um, and I don't know. I just felt like that wasn't going to be the right fit at the time. I mean, maybe now in the future, it might be because we are going to hopefully be able to go down more of that route where we can just sell a more specific product as opposed to it being completely bespoke. But I just don't want to lose, ever wanted to lose that element of just having that. This was literally handmade for my baby and I'm going to put it in my baby on my baby's head when it comes out of hospital and it just being, you know, so precious that moment. Um, what, if you don't mind me asking, what were your prices? So, okay, I don't know how this converts to US dollars. So we had a turban handmade to £12.50. Um, I don't know if we can look that up quick. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, look oh, okay. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 15, around $15. Okay. But it was, we'd have um, like multi-buy options and things like that. But if you were literally just buying a bespoke one-off turban, the price was £12.50 um 15 15 usd um 
I don't know if that's considered super high for me personally I was kind of like I could afford that if I was looking for something specific for my little girl you know if a friend had a wedding and I was like okay I want to have a cute outfit but I only want to put her in a little baby girl you know I just want to have her in a sleeper and I just want to make her look cute because she's going to be wrapped up in a blanket I would you know I found that for me kind of it was it was okay it was affordable it was organic it was handmade blah 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 um See, I don't know. Do you think that's expensive? No. So here's the thing. You talked about Amazon and then you talked about how you want it to be bespoke. I absolutely think it's necessary to differentiate yourself like that, especially in today's world where everything is so mass produced. You, I personally yeah. think that most people are looking for that personal touch nowadays. I don't really care about convenience, especially with Paris and I, when it comes to food, when it comes to products putting on your body, when it comes to um, the back end things, the thing you talk about working with women, only employing women that are um a part of or that are have kids and they can only work certain hours like to me I would rather even if it's comparable in price or if even if it's a little bit more I would rather spend a dollar more two dollars more which is what we're talking about to support you and to support products that are good and healthy for me or my kid or whoever that might be I love your perspective on it. I think that that is extremely important. Um, when we talk about buyer's journeys, that's how you stick out. If you have all of these mass produced things, like, I don't know, I, I think it comes back to values, it comes back to what people believe. And that's extremely important in businesses nowadays, especially where you have, you know, in America, capitalism and greed and all of these things. It's like, we don't want that we want it, we want to support you. Yeah. And I think if if you are after, you know, you want to hop on Teamu, you want to pop on Amazon, you want to hop onto eBay, whatever these, you know, these crazy sites are where you can buy these things for $5, that's fine, but you are going to get $5 worth of product. I have I have bought like I I don't have them on me, but oh, here's for, like I have this is like a, my first ever turban that I made ever this is the t-shirt turban and so I've like gone and bought team turbans I've tried you know and you can't you can't wash them because you put them through the washing machine and they disintegrate they get a hole in straight away they're not you know they don't actually fit a baby's head like the amount of research that I did with hospitals with you know um with maternity ward things like that to get exact measurements of averages of baby's heads like you are not going to get the fit that you want I guess it's like buying a pair of, you know, I'm going to be honest here, guys. I want to be a cowgirl. It's like buying a pair of cowgirl boots, okay? I bought some in the UK. They're not leather. They're not comfortable. They, you know what? They cost me like $30, okay? Great. I go to Nashville for my birthday and my boyfriend buys me a pair of proper cowgirl boots that fit me, that are comfortable, that I'm not slopping off the back of my, like, chubby little legs making that horrible noise we all know it and it's like a whole different experience like, I can freaking walk in these boots all day we're in Nashville like these streets are not nice to walk on but in these boots I'm comfortable you know and so in my head I was very much like do you know what if you want that you go you go get that like I'm not gonna be upset but that is 
you pay for what you get nowadays and some people are after cheap but one of the biggest things that I always told myself was you okay maybe I need to change it a little bit but it was like spend big spend once and I don't mean that in like a spend big spend like you know thousands of dollars on a hat but you spend that little bit more and you're only gonna have to buy that hat once because it's gonna last you can wash it you can hand it down and this is the thing like we had our turbans would be passed on to the person who had the next baby and the next baby and there would be like four or five kids okay only in America would people have four or five kids or Utah sorry but like in England people do not have that many children but maybe they have like three or four kids and there was literally like we would they would have a baby they would buy the turban for them they would walk out of the hospital with it and then the next baby would have the same thing and the next baby would have the same thing because we were able to provide a product that lasted and that's the thing like if you if you want if you want fast fashion if you want that quick and convenience by all means go wild but i don't know i kind of pr- like i was very proud that we were able to provide that you know that did last and it wasn't I didn't feel like it was crazy expensive um I don't know maybe some people are different I guess everybody has different incomes and different but I love that I I 100% agree with you um I don't know if you know the numbers for this either but I would be curious how many would you sell in a year or like did you have a certain goal that you were trying to hit each year so I would try to hit like monetary value but the thing was with my business for the first few years pretty much everything I earn I would put straight back into my business because I wanted to expand so I literally started in the tiny office in my room in my in my room in my house sorry and it got it got too big and so I was like okay everything that I've made on this we are putting straight back in we're getting offices we're employing and so we would be like at the time it was just me and bearing in mind I was hand making all of this stuff from scratch I had the fabric I was cutting it out and everything was like hand sewn at the time as well and I was making about 200 turbans a week by myself and so these turbans from start to finish I think I managed to get them down from start to finish to about eight minutes a turban wow but to start with it was not that I became like this freaking whiz that my fingers would bleed like it was crazy you know at the start it was about 15 minutes per turban and it did it ended up where I would literally drive to my mom's she lives two hours away I would take all my fabric and I would sit my mum down my sister down my nana down and I'd be like guys you got to help me sew this turban these turbans because you know I would put a flash sale on where we would do 25% off and we could have like 500 600 like I think once we did like 750 turbans in like I think it was literally three hours that I that I did this flash sale and it was crazy like it was insane and I was like I have to close the website because I was like if I take on one more order like there was a three-week turnaround time because I could not sew fast (laughs) like my hands and bearing in mind at the same time I'm trying to be a mom I'm trying to be a wife I'm trying to like still be a sister and a daughter like and be like there's just so much and I just couldn't do it so obviously that would be where I'd be like, okay, I had to start limiting myself to 250 turbans a week because it just got too much. 
Um, but obviously once we expanded and we were able to, you know, produce, I had girls making them for me, we were able to go way above that and way beyond that. Um, I mean, I don't have the exact thing. It's been a year since I've had my head fully in this. Um, right. but yeah, that was kind of like, that was kind of what, what I was working with at the time. It was honestly insane. So that is so crazy. I cannot even think of sewing 250 <laughs> turbans a week. I can barely sew anything. <laughs> within like a three-month span <laughs> yeah no I can barely sew a button onto my pants but that's okay <laughs> I'm just gonna hire you um so you talked about <laughs> um throwing everything back into your business but what I what I didn't get is how did you fund it initially like um you had the idea you're like okay I'm gonna start putting my time and effort into making these where did you get that money and how much money did you invest initially and how scary was that to take that and really just bank your whole life on it? Yeah. So, I mean, initially girls, I didn't invest anything like this sounds so stupid, but when I got married, I got married when I was 18. My last Christmas with my mom and dad, I was so mad. I was like, are you guys taking the mick? My parents bought me a freaking sewing machine and a sewing kit with like threads and needles. And I was like, what in the pioneer housewife is going on here, parents? Like, why is this my last gift? Like, we should be be like, oh, it's my daughter's last Christmas. Like, no, my mom packed me off with a freaking sewing machine. <laughs> like, I was fuming. I was so mad. But... In essence, like that last Christmas provided me everything that I needed pretty much to start my business. I didn't have to buy my sewing machine. I didn't have to go and buy my fabric scissors, my threads, my needles, all of those things I already had because mom and daddy packed me off to be a very good housewife, clearly. Um, I love that. At the time, <laughs> honestly, at the time, I was so livid. I like unwrapped this freaking sewing machine. I'm like guys like I'm moving out buy me a city buy me a tv like even a blender like <laughs> how stereotypical can we be like I'm, I'm gonna go and make my own clothes now bye um I will be completely honest with you though I I kind of would sell the product before I bought the stuff so I made a few bits for my little girl again out of t-shirts so bad shouldn't admit that but that is how like that's how I started that's how I made these things and then I advertised them on social media um and I live shall we say um and it was literally just somebody dming me and being like okay like I want this and so I would take that money the next day that someone had paypal'd me and I would walk, not walk, but I would drive and then walk to the fabric shop in the village and I would buy the fabric there and then. And so I didn't actually, you know, invest anything into the business initially. Um, that is so I literally important. Did just build it from nothing. That's so important to note that like you literally just started doing it. Like you just started publishing it. You didn't have to have anything crazy. You didn't have to have money. You didn't have to have skills on social media you didn't even have to have sewing skills like I don't think how, you know how incredible that is that you just dove in 
<laughs> like, no, I'm serious because I think about doing certain businesses and I'm like, wait, I'm not qualified to do that. Like, um, I have zero skills. Like what is going on here? Um, yeah. and sometimes we talk ourselves out of that. So to just dive in like that is so incredibly important. Well, we have, I, I do. And I just, Sorry, want to make sure that, yeah, I just want to make sure that Mackenzie gets her questions answered. I would honestly keep going on and on and on with you because I've loved hearing everything about you. It's been so awesome. But um, <laughs> do you have any final questions? Um, she actually answered. I have one more, but I, I did have a question on materials. And I think that's so fascinating to know because like from just coming on to this podcast today, like I was like, oh, I'm sure that she buys her materials in bulk. And this is probably going to be a dumb question for me to ask. And so I like love that you were literally just walking into a fabric store and that you weren't buying, you know, in bulk. And so I guess like one of my last questions for you before we close up today is like, do you plan, you know, with going a different route do you plan to you know get workers and to go big and to like buy bulk um and kind of do you have an idea of what you want to do with the business on the back end as to like helping you um be able to make more and do more like do you have plans to open it up to employees out there yes so i mean as I like expanded the business, I would make and I would just, again, like I said, reinvest straight away. And that kind of led me to having the offices that I had and I would hire the mums and we would buy fabric and book and we would kind of like go from there. But with this, I kind of want to scale it back slightly because I felt like I kind of, um, I felt like I lost control for myself. I lost control of my time. I lost control of being with my kids blah 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 and so I would like to be in a position where I have people that you know trust enough with this because this is like my third baby I have two beautiful real babies and this is my third baby I would like to be able to take a step back slightly and more manage as opposed to being the creator being the designer being the you know the marketing that like all of these things I would do everything and so I do just want to be at a point where I can just manage and design. Like the designing is my favorite part. And that obviously will allow me the balance to still be a mom and still, you know, look after my children. And so, yeah, I want to be in a position where, you know, I have someone that runs my social media. And I, I did have that in the past. Um, you know, I had employees that, you know, someone would do social media these couple, three or four women were assigned to do the making. You were assigned to be a dispatch, you know. Um, and I want to be there again. I really do. But obviously, it's easy to do that when you're maintaining a small business mentality. Now I feel like I'm kind of trying to step out of the bounds of what I felt restricted by the old business. I want to be able to step away from that with the new business and, you know, really expand, you know, and take my dreams where I want them to be. And so with that, it will be a case of I would like to just literally have a dispatch company come in where we would just rent warehouse space and I would have our products you know shipped to the dispatch and here I'm sure you can do it in America but here we can you know you can literally just hire a company who have um, warehouse space and that company will dispatch for you and they're insured and they're like you know if something goes wrong it's all on their heads um, 
And even just that alone would take so much weight off my shoulders um, that, yeah, I definitely want to be in a place where I am just managing and I can dip in and out when I need to because my priorities have changed. My priorities are my kids. My priorities are me now. I was never a priority ever. Like the last 10 years, I have never been myself's priority. I've always worried about everybody else. And I think for my own mental health and my own sanity, I need to learn to delegate and have employees that I can pass over. You know, I got to trust you. You know, this is what I'm paying you to do. I trust you. Go run with it so that I can breathe. So, yeah, I I really do hope that we can be in a place. You know, my goal is in a year is to be at that level in the next year because I know I've done it before. I did it for five years and I was successful at it and I know I can do it again. And so I'm hoping with, you know, I'm giving myself like a year and a half max, but within that year and a half, I will be at that point where I can take a step back and I'm like, you know what, guys, you got this. Like I want to build a team again that I trust and that um, has the same passion for this business and for our customers that I have always had. I absolutely love that. And I have so much enjoyed just getting to know you more and getting to know your business side of things more. And I'm so excited to see with what you do in a year, year and a half, five years. I'm just so excited to watch you grow. I have absolutely loved this conversation. Sorry, go on. I've learned so much more about you than I knew previously. Um, And so I want to ask you this final thing. For people that want to support you, where do they go? Um, what's your social media handle and when will you be launching your rebrand? Okay, so for now, we're still at teeny turbans underscore uh, on social media. The best thing to do is to go there to follow us and everything is about to all be revealed in the very near future. Um, I am about to hop on a plane next week to meet my boyfriend's family. And so the goal is once I get back after those two weeks, give me another week and we will be up and running and ready to rock and roll. And so in the next month, hopefully, oh, we, are we will so be there. I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait to see what comes. <laughs> and I hope to have you on here and another time when you have yes on the ground. But thank you so much for joining us, Megs. It's been so fun. And I just really appreciate you and the perspective that you bring today. So. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, I just want to say thank you to you girls. You guys are freaking inspirational. I know you're maybe going to be like, oh, we don't have kids and that's what you were talking about today. But like, absolutely not. What you girls juggle and how you, you know, especially for your ages, you're women, you're women in business who are freaking owning it. Like, how many females can say that? Like, not very many. And so... You girls are just complete powerhouses and I honestly, I'm so grateful that you've had me on here and I feel honored that I'm even able to share a space with you guys because I do not feel, you guys are up here, okay? You are on um, the champion's table. <laughs> you literally, you are here. Um, I love you so much. Thank you. You're the best support system for me and I, I truly love you. Thank you so much, guys. Love you too. And I love you too now, Mackenzie. Love you as well. You I'm so are... excited that I've gotten to know you. Meg's love. Me and Lex might just have to come out and visit you because I, I am so intrigued. Yeah.
yeah come come to the uk anybody's welcome my house is always open Texas house is open Love to it. every single one of our listeners all right until next time business besties yeah. Love y'all.